Welcome the Honey Toads to the stage of the Phoenix Theater. This is a group that has been on this stage many times since forming their early teens four years ago. They have come of age together and continue to charge forward as a group, even as life changes around them. Tonight, we'll talk about where they've been, where they are, and where they're headed. And later, they'll play some music. Please welcome to the program, the Honey Toads. The Honey Toads. Welcome. I'm going to read a little thing from a press kit that you have that you send to people who you tried to get to give you money for your music. That's the plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's good, and it goes as follows. While historically many groups splinter after graduation, big life changes, and personal tragedies, the Honey Tones have remained a constant in each other's lives. That's significant. Most people don't have this trajectory. Most people have a high school band, and then life happens, and then away we go. Whereas mm-hmm. it seems like you guys are kind of like doubling down and trying to focus now with this project you're you're trying to like take it into exactly, into yeah. your modern yeah. day lives that's significant yeah so you are releasing a new song this summer you're releasing a few songs this summer but one of those is send me out mm-hmm. and this is a song i guess just all of your songs kind of weave the narrative of this band together right i right. mean the 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 like looking backwards, the like growing up, the like the, the the different themes that you explore in the songs are like very much biographical. Mm-hmm. So, uh, who is the lyricist for this band? That's a, I'd be Mr. Nick. Yeah, Nick. Tell us a little bit about that song, if you don't mind. The experiences sure. went into it. It seems like probably there was some pain that you experienced that then you channeled into this song. Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say that song has a lot to do with a sort of. Uh, written at a time where I used to be, when I would write lyrics, I was afraid almost to write too much about myself. And Joe probably remembers this because I send Joe my lyrics usually first into review. But what would happen is I would write my lyrics and I would use all my pronouns as we, us, them, because I didn't like to admit that everything was about myself. So I would, yeah. I would, always, I would always hide behind that. So I eventually became comfortable enough to, you know, write, uh, clearly or um, openly that this is about something first about person. me. Yeah, first person. Yeah. Which I want you to continue, but it's not a bad instinct mm. to not drench the audience. Absolutely. Because, you know, I, I always think of the example of like war songs, you know, mm. the some of the best like protest songs, I should say, of the 60s didn't specifically name who they were mad at or what they were protesting, right. but they're powerful. And then you get to the ones that are more on the nose that are like actually naming proper nouns. Those just, I don't know, there's something about there's something about being too focused in right. on what you're feeling or if you're like in such pain and it's just almost painful to listen to you talk about it. <laughs> so it's, it's that weird balance. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you need to inject yourself into it. It yeah. won't be authentic if you don't. And when we do get the plastic smiles and talk about that, that is something where I did, I stuck to that us, we narrative because it was more about how I felt about the band or how mm-hmm. I felt we were um, thinking at the time. But for send me out, that came more around, um, an emotion or a place at the time when I felt like there was a lot of innocence and naivety that was being lost and almost I wish that I could have gotten it back. I remember it was like, I think uh, it's a cliche, but you know, I had like one of my, f- 
first breakups that you know mattered. The narrative of the, of the song for me, what happens is, is um, the character, myself, whoever, it starts out as a, sort of a form of innocence of, of pining. You know, you want this person, and then something happens, something that you confusing happens to the relationship, and then the inevitable frustration or the the breakdown of the song. That's sort of how musically it was designed to be and how lyrically I tried to follow that because that's how I felt at the time when you I could, wrote it. You could say that you're trying to build upon a constantly crumbling foundation. Yeah. That's, in a that's concerted good. effort to talk with the past. That is something you, you could, could say, say about did totally say that. Yeah. Yeah. It's written somewhere. That's beautiful. Yeah. I wish that I wrote it myself. But it is a song that it, by the end of it you feel like you re- reach a catharsis. Um mm-hmm. And so how, how much of a role do you think nostalgia plays in that? Would you say the nostalgia plays a role in that, like, y- you want to be with this person, so your mind is, like, projecting all these yeah, images th- about what it was like? Yeah, I think, the, I think that the nostalgia element is, yeah, it's like a, a romanti- like romanticizing uh, the past to an extent that wasn't really ever real. Um, I have three negative quotes on nostalgia. I'd love to read them to you. Please do, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fan of nostalgia. I think that it doesn't serve me well. Um, so I looked up some quotes to support my feelings on it, and here they are for you. The first one is by someone named Florence King. The quote is as follows. True nostalgia is an ephemeral composition of disjointed memories. It's like short, and it's spurty, and it's like a bunch of cobbled together stuff that doesn't really go together. But when you arrange it in such a way, boy, does it feel nice. <laughs> um, another one is by Robert Browl, and it says, nostalgia is a process by which dreams become memories without ever coming true. Mm. <laughs> and the last is from local musician and peer Sarah Sanger of the band The New Trust. She does not like nostalgia. <laughs> uh, nostalgia is a heavy burden to hand those of us carrying the weight of living in the present. I... I'd say that, uh, well, you know, liking and not liking nostalgia, the reason why I think we find it as important to us lyrically is that, uh, or at least me personally, the things that have happened in the past that uh, we can't get back, it's, I think, whether I like it or not, I have focused on it quite a bit. It's not probably the healthiest mindset, but I think <laughs> that there's plenty of people who could probably relate. I'm not criticizing you for thinking it. Oh, no, and, and, I didn't think and, and in every breakup that I've had, um, it has been the lens I've looked at the world through, and it has absolutely crushed me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I like to not be crushed. Because so, a lot of the time, it's not real, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I also think that it doesn't serve you well to constantly be thinking, life was good at this point, mm. and it will never be as good as this again. Right. I, that, I just don't see how that serves anyone well. Right. And sometimes nostalgia... Oh, sorry, Tom. No, no, that's good. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes nostalgia isn't necessarily... I'd say always positive, Eric. At least you're not looking uh, for no, something positive. Uh, you can, <laughs> I think like a lot of the times I reminisce about how bad the situation was. I think when in the lyrics, I, I mix a couple of feelings. Like I mix uh, some experiences that don't have to do with the relationship where I say from my crib, I see my parents. Um, from the roof, I see her door. I sort of combine the, like the emotions I feel thinking about both those memories of, you know, seeing. You're just kind of floating above them. Yeah, no watching them move yeah. on, and I think that uh, place you can't go again. Yeah, the importance, the importance of them, I'd say, is the fact that I don't think I can experience those emotions again. I, I, I won't be able to be a kid, uh, lying and looking up at my ceiling and in my room again. Like that room is gone. Um, but I can, I can go back to that place, 
through you know sort of that nostalgic feeling. I think when I penned those lyrics, it was more of like a reflection of I was thinking uh, I have a a good relationship with my parents, but I've had poor <coughs> moments, you know, throughout my childhood for various reasons. Yeah. Um, and I think like the the crib is almost like a hyperbole for um, how useless or how sort of uh, childish I was at the time of um, how useless I felt. I mean, at the time of that breakup. Yeah, yeah. So that I think it's more of like the the feeling of just being a kid looking up uh, at the ceiling and realizing um, that you're just just you know little baby. <laughs> it's like <laughs> just that's a little like, baby. I think that's where that. Um, that line came from and that when i said that line that's the emotion i had another song you guys play tonight is plastic smiles which will come out later this year mm-hmm. and tom you've spent some time with it you think it's I got did. some yeah like i say i i uh, it's a generational thing and and i get the uh uh contemporary visuals um so gosh, he's reading his lyrics right now yeah yeah it's uh, well, i mean plastic smiles plastic smiles melting into the water supply uh, shock and awe. Um, you guys are truly uh, defining your generation with just uh, uh, statements like that. Uh, you guys were around for shock and awe. You were little mm-hmm. kids, I think, during shock and awe when we. Uh, this is an Iraq war. Yeah, reference. when we yeah. when we uh, bombed Iraq, uh, that was shock and awe. Uh, nowadays, uh, plastic is a huge issue, and so you're working with these contemporary visuals and, and contemporary ideals that mm-hmm. uh, that absolutely will. Uh, pinhole you historically on this particular tune but i did try to focus on that type of imagery i think to communicate the overall feeling of like the song well the song has a couple themes in it it's 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 more than more than one i'd say i think musically and somewhat lyrically uh touching it touches upon like a certain amount of anxiety uh you know personal anxiety which is something that the band like has you know a universal i think uh, thing that we deal with and then there is a and they're, like, which I the think, band are they're specialists in this right. field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then which I think that's what musically that's why we wanted like this really like driving unrelenting unrelenting sort of like sort of sound. But then also like thematically it, it has a lot to do with uh people like we respect who, you know, we love like aging or you know, making decisions that we never thought they would. Uh people uh that you look up to, you know, some like uh, oh, this song was written before this, but a recent example is like like David Bowie dying, somebody that we, you know, I, me personally just listening to and loving, and that being really hard. And then that's a mixture of like also like looking around us and seeing other, um, this is not like a commentary on any specific person, but seeing certain things in the music scene not going the way that I think I, I'd like to see them. Um, things going away in the music industry where it, it seems like there's doors shutting, uh, music being funneled into like certain avenues where it feels like things are predetermined by larger corporations or by a system that we can't fit into or control. And I think that's more of an observation. I feel like the line, the thieves have turned poets, our heroes have grown old. It never gets too hot in here. It never gets too cold. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Relates a lot to what you just said. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the, the point of the song where I touch upon where like, yeah, it feels it's, it's a little bit sterile. It's a little bit nothing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) nothing too offensive. You know, nothing too sad. It just gets... Right. Yeah. Um, and, and also, when I see the line, it never gets too hot in here, it never gets too cold, there's like the, the thrill has sort of uh, maybe evaporated a little bit. Everything yeah. seems a little preordained. The, uh, the, the idea of anything can happen kind of has faded away a little bit. 
Yeah, that's that's the that's the sentiment inside of that in that in that lyric. And I think that when whenever I sing it, um, certain lyrics take on new meanings, but that seemed to be consistent even from the beginning. Like it still feels the same way. You mentioned someone named Mr. Edwards several times in this song. And who is Mr. Edwards would be a question for me. Um, Mr. Edwards is a teacher who I didn't want to name by name. So I changed his name <laughs> to Mr. Edwards. And he was sort of a person who... Um, he was sort of a person who was almost like... I feel like he's a good composite character that right. we can that we all know a Mr. Edwards. <laughs> yes, tell the story, and I'd be, but right after I read no, these I, lines, no, he can't tell the I story. Tell <laughs> can you tell like a version wanna, of the story? Yeah. You get like a dumbed down... I don't, I don't give away it. any names, obviously. Yeah, you don't give any names. I'll say his name. I'll say... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Mr. Redwards. I'll kill uh, no, the king. Here's the, line, uh, here's the line of the song that deals with Mr. Edwards. Tell me, Mr. Edwards, does it hurt to say those things? The mothers are upset with you, and you know what that means. Tell me, Mr. Edwards, does it hurt to say those things? The mothers are upset with you, and you know what that means. So who is this guy, Mr. Edwards? Okay, I'll try not to get too specific. Um, in, I remember um, uh, in high school, uh, me and Nick were in one of our classes, and um, someone across from us had uh dropped their pen and like their pen cap and um nick was like okay i'm gonna try and scoot my desk forward and like get any it normal person would like, do like, like, i'm gonna get that this pen is already you. incredibly specific yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, it's already everybody who knows knows now look nobody from st vincent's high school listens to this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah the teacher um saw that like he was trying to get it with his foot and he was just like, what are you doing? And he, like, picks up the pen cap. He's like, are you serious right now? And he, like, throws the pen cap, but, like, so, like, full of emotion. Dram- and just, like, dramatically like, into the hallway. Yeah, and, and then, then he, he just turns around. And, and he just calls us, like, he's like, you all are stupid. And just, like, really just, like. He's like, he's like, you're, he's like, you're stupid. He's like, you need me. He's like, because I'm your teacher. And he's like, you are stupid now. And he's like, I'll make you smarter later. He's like, and he's like, then he turned to me and, and basically for about 20 minutes berated me. Uh, to the point of where Dom had tears in his eyes sitting next to me, and I was just huh. just sitting there, you know, I poker like, face at that point because that's all you can do, you know. And just, I was just like, "What is happening <laughs> right now?" See, well, he was, but the thing is, like, the reason why I include him in, in that song not because of just that moment, because he was a he was a man who would say somewhat outlandish things, and like he would he would say things to us like uh, like you are like he's like you're you guys your age group like it's like just a failure like millennials basically it's sort of like there's a lot of like young pe- people bashing like especially stuff that he would tell to me personally because uh he like he was a chatty guy he'd like to talk to kids you know he, he was very and, set in his ways yeah and he uh he basically like in that moment though like i remember like the emotion of it was so was so tense where and i also heard like a story where of course like, like a, a parent had complained about him and then he like his, re- his action was was humorous in the sense of like he <laughs> was belligerent about it and i'm like just i'm like that's why i'm like does it hurt to say those things like like the mother upset with you, and you know what that means. Meaning he was on the cutting block, almost getting fired, which I, I don't believe he did. But he just had a history of like where I think like just a controversial thing where he like later like married a student like right out of. Well, now that's too much information, right there. Yeah, that's, that's, little, that's uh, very. I don't even pay attention to what your school does, and now I know who the person is. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's such a power tripping thing to do. It you was. Know? I mean, to me, it's like was not the, the not emotion, being yeah. fifteen, yeah. sixteen, sitting in that um, <clears throat> sitting in that room with like the power dynamic being totally against me. I can say here, sitting here, it's like that that is a power tripper 
who obviously doesn't have a lot going on in his life that he feels in control of, so he berates and insults young people who can't do anything about it. Yes. Right. And yeah. to me, that's like the greatest justice of all, like the recognition of that and the taking away of that power. Right. I you think know? when I wrote him into that, I was like, it was, it was just pretty much, it was pretty much a direct thing where it's like, where it's like I was speaking, not necessarily to him, but just people like him, I think. Yeah. Um, well, he sounds great. And <laughs> have people at the table for stretches felt like they're the bad guy? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Isn't was, that even in the band, sometimes I'm like, I'm, I'm the bad guy because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, I feel like sometimes I'll be the person who's like, I, 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 I approach things sometimes with, uh, I don't think this is my, my personality, but sometimes I'll approach things with a very analytic slash, uh, business element. Um, because I'm like, we have to be efficient in certain things. And then I make decisions that I feel like are, um, insensitive probably to the rest of the guys. But, um, you know, I try not to, I try not to go down that path too many times, but I've definitely felt many times where I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. being a a dick right now to everybody. No, but like, and then a totally different perspective where I feel like the, you know, the villain in the band is, I feel like that, that kind of like uncle who just kind of bursts into the family like oh i'm back guys like let's let's throw something together you know i'm back in town um because i'm i'm the one all three all three of these guys live in petaluma um they'll work for the same company and i'm it really a lot of the stuff waits on me so like i i try to um you know get wheels moving and get myself back in in town and into gigs um but definitely the the sense of you know it it being um very reliant on uh, my ability or, or my personal incentive to, to get moving and get back for a practice. I, I definitely do feel like, man, you know, I, I, if, if, if I lived here, it'd be so much easier. <laughs> I've definitely felt it as well. Like, especially like, I don't know if this was a point that was coming up next, but when we were, uh, wanting, when we were talking about going to Denver to record, I know that I was like, everyone, you guys were like, Oh, this could be really cool me with like my anxiety putting all these false scenarios in my head of like why I shouldn't go and what could happen it I had to like I remember I had to be like okay guys can you come over and just let me talk about what's going on because I mean and it's not just that time but I just felt like because my mind (laughs) thinks too much um it's caused me to miss out on a lot of opportunities and I'm glad these guys um kind of reassured me like you know what none of these things are gonna happen you don't know that um it's gonna be fun we're gonna have the four of us in in a car it's gonna be great it sounds like for you particularly but i bet you all have your own experiences with it uh sometimes there's moments where the band is kind of what keeps you going you guys even mention in here i won't ask you for the specifics but you mentioned personal tragedy you mentioned big life changes you know I mentioned in the intro that the world has changed around you. You know, Mm. you're not in high school anymore. You know, you, you've probably suffered some loss. Some of you live in different places, but like this band is something that through a lot of effort you've kept together. I think about the people that I knew when I was, you were what, 13, 14 when you met. Yeah. About 14, 15. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Very few of those people are still in my life. (laughs) Very, very few. And I would even say that by the time I was in my early twenties, a lot of those people weren't in my life anymore because that's just generally not the way it goes. Yeah. You hang on to a few, but the fact that you guys have not only been able to maintain the friendship, but maintain a creative collaboration, grow together, 
compromise together, kind of push each other to do new things that you wouldn't do otherwise. That mm. is a remarkable thing. Oh yeah. We all, we all have that right in our personal relationships, but you guys have a, a project that like is representative of that. Every piece of art you put out is something that all of your fingerprints are on and that you all essentially sign off on. And when you look at it through that lens, it, it it's special. Mm. We have focused on the music some tonight, but I'm also glad that we've kind of, put the spotlight on what your relationships are together mm -hmm. because this band is a product of that. It's a product of your friendship without the friendship and the love that you have for each other. This band wouldn't exist. I, I guess yes. what I'm getting at is when a band comes on like this show in particular, or uh, you listen to an album that feels plastic, mm. that feels like everyone's been cobbled together because they're just really good at their instruments and there's not a lot of heart. There's not a lot of soul. There's not a lot of connection you can feel that, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's why you write a song like Plastic Smile, because you can feel inauthenticity. We all can feel something when it's not authentic, right? Right. Yeah. And when we sit here tonight and we talk about the relationships that you have with each other, it's authentic. How could it not be? You met when you were 14. You've put up with probably some bullshit. <laughs> you've had some good times. You've had some bad times. And you're still doing it as you go into your 20s. And there's something very significant about that. And I'm glad that we got to kind of talk about that here tonight. Thank you very yeah, much for having thank us. Thank you for having us. Yeah. And th I'll just read the last part of my intro, which is this is a band that seems like it has a renewed sense of purpose and focus. And it is a lot of fun to watch you guys kind of yeah. shape shift, transform, grow up together, make music that sounds different than it did four years ago. And we're excited to see where the whole thing goes. So thanks for spending time with us tonight. And in just a moment, we get to hear what the newest batch of Honeytones music sounds like, because you're going to play four songs for us, three originals and one cover by Dive. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank us. you. Thanks.
must upset with you and you know what that means Tell me Miss Redworth, does it hurt to say those things? The mother's upset with you and you know what that means Well, the future poets, our heroes have grown old It never gets too hot here, it never gets too cold Oh, the future poets, our heroes have grown old It never gets too hot here, you just do what you're told It sounds like this 
far You're never gonna know it If you feel it and you don't So you don't know it Then you get so high It's like it's dizzy in the ocean And the mother skyline Then you get so far It's like you didn't know it But you do Never really knew it, did you? <laughs> 